Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. Hockey. Yeah. Yeah. My favorite. It's Judd's Hockey Show. Oh, and it's getting closer and closer. Judd's Hockey Show with a side of Declan Goff. As always, a full-scale edition here that we are recording on Wednesday. We are now basically a week out of the Wild playing an exhibition game in the Edmonton bubble, Declan Goff against Colorado. And then the qualifying round starts on um, August 2nd for the Wild against the Vancouver Canucks in Edmonton. The team leaves for Edmonton after they practice at Tria Rink. I believe it is on Sunday. How excited are you, the fact that we are finally on the doorstep, and it looks like we're going to get there, of seeing hockey games. And you can go wall-to-wall hockey That's what I starting August 1st. And I will say this, I will be dipping into the preseason games, or, or the exhibition games, I should say, mm-hmm. that are going to serve as preseason games. I will be dipping into those next week as well, but my God, it's finally actually almost here. It's all here. It's ready to go. I am jacked to watch hockey basically all all day long, and yeah, it'll be nice that the Wild are uh, one of those teams that will be playing. I'm excited, man. And so we'll, we'll do a couple of shows, probably a one-timer and a Judd's Hockey Show full-scale edition uh, next week as well. Yes, sir. Um, and at that point in time, probably get into the actual matchups between the Canucks and Wild and how they match up and where their strengths are and where the weaknesses are for both sides. But I, I wanted to keep uh, today's exercise, Declan Goff, to a Wild-centric theme, okay? okay. Yep. I've got uh, five five questions that we can both give our answers to here that we're going to project for the qualifying round. And of course, if the uh, wild beats the Canucks in the best of five series, they will advance to the true playoffs, which will be best four of seven, but five questions here. I'll throw out question one. You go first. Okay. I'll go second. Okay. All right. Let's do it. Most likely player to have the biggest bounce back after what we would consider a disappointing 2019-20. I think we both have the same answer, but go ahead. All right. For me, it's Matt Zuccarello. Oh, we don't. Interesting. Yes, good, I think we actually might go very different on a lot of these categories. I think it's going to be Matt Zuccarello. Um, This guy, I think, got off to a pretty nice start. And then things he hit a wall a little bit around the New Year's time, and he's been basically playing third line, and, and I, I assume he's going to be most likely on the third line to possibly start this series. That's what the lines have looked like in practice, and we all know lines in practice, Judd, matter because we love our lines. Uh, but I, I do think this is a guy who's a veteran and was a very good player in New York, and even though he was snake bit a little bit, he still did put up 37 points, and he scored 15 goals. He had a little bit more of a scoring touch this season. And I think he is ready to shake off that rust. And I would not be surprised if Matt Zuccarello is one of the best players on the ice for the Wild against the Canucks. Interesting. 
You still want to be right because yes, you, I do. You, you did an, a breakdown of Zuccarello's effectiveness. I think it was Novemberish. Uh, Is that December. right? It was around okay. Christmas time for ScoreNorth.com, and he was actually playing pretty well he at was. that time. He was, and I mean, you wrote that you had no sooner hit publish on that piece for ScoreNorth.com than the poor guy went in the absolute crapper. Literally the next game, he like it was one of the worst games. You feel seen. bad, and you are trying to absolve him Obviously. of the Declan Goff jinx of some sort. That's what I do. Okay, mine is not going to surprise you one bit because I talk about this guy a lot, and I think that he is going to bounce back. And he had a disappointing year uh, throughout most of 2019-20, in part because he was coming off the biceps injury that ended his season, I believe, the previous December, the year before, after he got off to a phenomenal offensive start for a defenseman, Matthew Dumba. Okay? Yeah. I will give you the stat again, and I've given it to you like five times. And every time I read it, it remains mind-boggling. All right? Yes, sir. Matt Dumba, during the course of the 2019-20 games played, had a 3.6 shooting percentage. That translates to six goals on 167 shots in 69 games. And keep in mind, this guy has a howitzer of a shot. Oh, yeah. So we're not talking about a nice little flicked wrist shot and the goaltender's like, yeah, get that out of here. We're talking about a guy who's got offensive skills big time. 3.6 shooting percentage. You can't make that up. No, you can't. And and I, I went to the scrimmage on Saturday at Tria. Declan Goff, he looks healthy. He didn't get a ton of shots, but he definitely is moving well. He's moving the puck well. He looks like he is now fully recovered from the biceps problem. And keep in mind, too, and as incredible as the stat I just gave you is for Dumba, this stat is probably equally as incredible on the other side. Um, In 2018-19, before he got hurt during the fight, I believe it was with Matthew Kachuk of Calgary at the X in his 32nd game, and that ended his season, Matthew Dumba at that point had 12 goals on 93 shots, 12.9 shooting percentage. That's outstanding, all right? Yeah. Somewhere in between there yes. is Matthew Dumba. Yes. And and I really, really think that this is a guy you don't want to trade. I think he has a skill set that is hard to find. And I think he, as a person, has matured a lot in recent years. Like, I think he is a good guy in the room now. And it's not to say that, he wasn't before. I just don't know if he fully was engaged or cared. I think he does now a lot. So my bounce back guy after um, what could be considered sort of a fluky statistical, but a disappointing 2019-20 Matthew Dumbo. Okay. I like that one. All right. The next one. The player most likely to emerge, not that they were disappointing to you in 2019-20, sure. but they'll just take a step here from 2019-20 that stopped on March 12th and pick up in the qualifying round, and you'll say, that was a nice step geared towards the 2020-21 season. Go ahead. It's my guy, Luke Cunning. I think Luke Cunning was playing very, very good hockey towards the last six weeks of the season. You saw him get the legs back underneath him. I, I believe there was a good quote towards the end of the Boudreaux tenure where he said this is the best he's looked during his entire tenure here. I mean, he tore his... It was a broken leg or an ACL. I can't remember. I think ACL. It was, it was an ACL. It was an ACL. About 18 months ago. And and look, we saw Fiala, who had a fibula in, injury. Much oh, different. Did you see that one, though? Yes, that was that was disgusting and, 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 a, and a terrifying injury. Yep. Um, but I think Luke kind of was really starting to play some really good hockey. 15 goals for this kid. He's 22 years old. Yep. Um, he's got captain material. I think he's going to thrive playing in a very heated series against Vancouver. So, you know, it wasn't like he was playing poorly, but I, he was flying under the radar, Judd. 
And I think he's going to also show that, that that it wasn't a fluke and that he's going to rise in the playoffs, and I'm excited to watch him. I like that one. And, and in fact, in the scrimmage on Saturday, Cunnan was on the right wing of the line with Parisi on the left wing and Erickson Eck at center. A lot of, that's a hard-working line right there. And my choice, Erickson Eck. Okay. Here's why. Yeah. He proved he took a step and finally got a chance to. To be clear, he finally got a chance. Because we kept saying, well, he's a disappointment, he's a disappointment. And he rode that shuttle for how long, Dex? To Iowa and then back and then back to Iowa and then back here. Um, during the course of the 2019-20 campaign, again, in games played, he had eight goals in 62 games. Um, I think we came away from 2019-20 work stoppage uh, or stoppage in play saying this guy looks like the defensive end of the replacement for Koibu, right? Like he's very solid defensively. He's very responsible. He he is, to me, the quintessential right now, right now, third-line center. You're very comfortable there. I think there's more there, and I think eight goals in 62 games is going to go up, and I think as he continues to mature as a player, we're going to see him start to score. I'm not saying a ton, but I think we're going to see him start to score more. But he's got the most important thing, I think, the attribute is this. He gets it defensively. He's Mm -hmm. very responsible. He has turned himself, I think, into a solid player. He is not flashy. I'm not going to tell you that there's a ton of flash there because I don't think that there is, but I think there's more there than we've seen. And I think that if he had time probably to reflect on his play up until March 12th and assess that and go back, I think there is another, Declan, let's say step or two there. So, so Yule Erickson Eck, not disappointing, but I think that there's more there, and I would not be surprised in, in the qualifying round if we see it. And I think the only possible way that the Wild is going to upset the Canucks in the best three of five qualifying round decks, I think the only way that that's going to happen is if Erickson Eck emerges and plays really good at center defensively, but also probably pots a few goals. So this kid, to me, has made big strides. Not... Try, I'm not trying to imply he's going to become a star because he's not, but I do think that there's a couple more strides to make, and I wouldn't be shocked to see them starting August 2nd. Well, look, he, he's going to be someone, you kind of hinted to it a little bit there, they're going to rely on him a ton to shut down. Van- I mean, Vancouver and Minnesota are polar opposites with how they're constructed offensively. They're top-heavy. they got a great top first line, but they don't have a good depth in the bottom six. The Wild are obviously the complete opposite. They don't really have a true top line, but they have good depth one through four. So Eck is going to be probably responsible for slowing guys down like Peterson or Besser. So he's going to have a lot of responsibility. Will he get the flash? Will he get the recognition? I'm not sure. But the fact you think he can pop in a few here. Uh, Yeah, that's all. Yeah, I don't think that's a bad guess at all. I think think one of these kids, Judd, and and Eck and Cunning are probably your most likely of the kids to take a step forward. I like it. All right, third question. Player most likely to remain in your mind rock solid steady as we transition from hockey in March now to hockey in August. So this is a little bit of a cop out, but for me, I I think it's Zach Parisi just because he's a playoff performer. He's a veteran on this team. He was still playing very well. Um, This last season, he had 25 goals in 70 games when the season was paused. And I I just think when you look up and down the roster of the wild, you know, who can always show up in the postseason. It's been Zach Parisi. He really has always been very consistent. And I, I think he's the one guy you want to always be out there and, and making good plays. So I, I think to me, it's Zach Parisi. And, and, and I'm sure there's going to be a lot of those clutch playoff goals, but he's going to remain rock solid. I'd be, I'd be pretty shocked if he had a, had a bad series against Vancouver. Solid choice. 
but it's not mine. All right. Mine is a guy on Saturday at Tria who was throwing his weight around. He doesn't care if you're a teammate. I don't think he would care if you're family. I I have I have probably done as big of 180 on this guy as you could possibly do because we've talked about this his first year here it's like what the hell yeah. and now this guy has turned himself into a solid steady workhorse who's got some skills Marcus Felino man Marcus Felino end of the second period at Tria Saturday so we are talking 95 degrees out, okay? That was hot. It's a scrimmage. It's a hockey scrimmage, okay? Ryan Donato skating around with his head down. Oh, no. Marcus Foligno lights him up. <laughs> lights him up. Actually woke him up. Yeah, right. Good for him. Keep your head up. But Foligno had 11 goals and 25 points in 59 games during the 2019-20 regular season. He never takes a shift off, a game off. The transformation in this guy in the last, what, three years, Declan? Two years, three years, three years, has been off the charts. He is now, to me, captain material. Mm-hmm. Um, he is just, he's not, he, he, if you're watching on TV, he's not going to, for, for the most part, wow you. Uh, I will say this, if you go to a game and you're watching him in particular, it's impressive because he covers a lot of ground and hits everybody. Yeah, um, he tries hard. But he's just rock solid. Parisi is definitely a good veteran pick, but I guess my youthful pick is Marcus Foligno because this kid works his ass It's off. also too bad there's going to be this you know potential five-second delay or whatever the hell they're doing to prevent the you know players oh, to... God forbid in. you hear swear words, Declan. Yeah, in hockey of all things. Cover too. your ears. And, and Foligno, though, is, from what I've gathered, a pretty loud guy in general, so I, it would have been a treat to hear what the hell he was saying uh, on the ice, but, you know, fun police. Can we not get some type of, like, secondary channel where we don't have the stupid delay? That'd be nice. Yeah, like, be you know what? I get it. it your five-year-old kid's like, Daddy or Mommy, can I watch hockey? You're like, okay, let's go to Channel. Let, let's go to the Disney on Ice National Hockey <laughs> League. But uh, come on. I'm 50 years old. Give me the content. Give me the give me the swearing. Give me five-second delay. Uh, question number, let's see here. We've gotten through one, two, three questions? Yep. Three questions. Question number four for Wild Canucks qualifying round and then potentially if the Wild does beat the Canucks and advances. Player most likely to disappoint. I've got two choices here. I'm debating, but who is your uh, who is your wild player most likely to disappoint you? Well, I I hate to be this guy, Judd Zolgad. No, go ahead. I like it when you're this guy, but I just have a horrible feeling that unfortunately, over a three to f- possible five game series, this guy won't show up. And because we have high expectations for him, we already are expecting him to be the player he was. And it's Kevin Fiala. Oh! I think Kevin Fiala Whoa! is going to be... Hold on! Whoa! I, I don't want this to happen. I, I love Saturday looked real being good. wrong, and he looked great in the scrimmage. But Judd, over those last 18 games, he, he, he looked the part, okay? There's no doubt. 18 games, 26 points, 14 goals. Wow. Seven even strength, seven power play. The guy was shooting the puck at will. I loved it. There was a swagger to him, too, that I absolutely loved. I love a guy who is super confident like this on a team that has mostly had a lot of passive leadership and passive players on their team. Sure. But I just think over three games, we're going to be we're going to be hyper-focusing on him. And if he doesn't score a goal in those three games, but he plays well, he's skating well, he has chances, we are just—I the, 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 wouldn't say the Wolves are going to come after him or anything, but there, there's going to be people hounding him. 
And I just think we unfortunately with that with the pause and how well he was playing, I think we're setting him up a little bit up for failure. So you're not down so not down you're not on down him. on him. You you just think the circumstances think, are gonna make us expect too much from him? Yes. Okay. That, and, okay. And and I think I like that's it. the reason. But I, I want this guy to be the player he was, and I think he is. I think he is, but I just think there's a lot of pressure on this dude. And prove me wrong. I have no problem being proved wrong. I'm usually wrong. But I uh, Kevin Fiala's presence over those last 18 games scares me a little bit after a five, six-month layoff. You didn't think I was going Bravo, there, did you? Bravo, Declan Goff. I did not. When I sent you these questions, I did not see this coming from you. I mean, I've got two choices, but the Fiala, your explanation of why we would perceive his play to be a disappointment actually makes a ton of sense. But that doesn't mean that he would have done something wrong. And And look, on Saturday, this guy was around the puck constantly. Yeah. He is the best player on the ice when, when the Wild has its entire group uh, playing. No doubt. That, that being said, though, he did miss chances and get frustrated. Yeah, if we go in expecting him to be the miracle worker of this series, that's unfair. Yes. And probably, now, now that doesn't mean that he can't be their best player, but I get your point. All right, I've got two choices, and I'm going to give them both to you, okay? All right. Well, one is the aforementioned Ryan Donato, who hmm. who was playing on the fourth line, which is fine, okay. I guess. I'd like to see him get more time. But anyway, he, he's playing on, on the fourth line on Saturday um, during the scrimmage with Koivu and Ryan Hartman. And I'm telling you, until Felino cleaned his clock, Declan, I didn't notice him. I did in a bad way. In a bad way, yeah. He didn't like. I noticed Felino, right? I noticed guys like it's a hockey thing. You see guys. It doesn't mean that they have to score, but Correct. they do things, and you're like, oh, he did this, blah blah blah, around the puck, making a play. Um, I would call it, and I think this is where the Ryan Donato frustration lies, and this is why a decision about him is going to have to be made at some point. I think Declan that the fairest way to describe this is being engaged. Like, you can tell if a guy is engaged, right? Like, Felino's always engaged in the game. He's always into the game. Um, Before he got his clock cleaned, and, and then the frustrating thing, I guess, is came back in the third period of the scrimmage and played pretty well. So then, you know, okay, he's been awakened. Come on, man. Like, I would like this guy to get some third-line time. I'd like to see something here. I think there's something here. He likes to shoot the puck ordinarily or sometimes – um, but I'm afraid that he gets, he, you know what he, he's become, I, I think to them, to the team, he's become Declan, the classic old school to use your word, passive wild player. Really? It's I don't like, know if I would describe him as well, that. Well, but that's what but I saw. Interesting. Okay. But that's what I, I saw. But I think that's why he doesn't it. get more time. Interesting. He's got skill. I, I like the take. He's got skill, right? He's got a lot of skill. I, I want to see him get a chance. Again, this series to me is a gift to find out about things. But that scrimmage, I was like, this is... He's your really? boy, too. You like this guy. I know. I was very down on his performance there. My second guy is actually your guy to emerge. Zuccarello, okay? <laughs> Pass first, Matt's is driving me absolutely crazy. And, and I get, to your point, 15 goals, 37 points in 65 games, minus nine during the course of the 2019-20 regular season, all right? But again, on Saturday, he's missing the net when he is shooting... I asked somebody standing by me, I said, is he just sort of cooked and they didn't know it? Because, I mean, this guy is beloved by Ranger fans. Yeah. You work your ass off to get that. Like, I, like that's a, that is a yeah, hockey market no doubt. where they love you if you come to play and work hard and, to use the word again, are engaged. 
Like, you just don't fall into being a Ranger hero. Zuccarello is that. So I, I said, is he just cooked or what? And the person said, I, I don't know. It's just very odd that, and I don't know if his heart was broken when he left the blue shirts or what. Yeah. Um, I would love to see an emergence, and I'm becoming skeptical if that's going to happen. I don't blame you there, man. I, I I think he's liked in the locker room here, too. I think he sure. is. Um, it's not a personality thing. It's just, it's a... Uh, it's uh, it's not there anymore. I'm thing. curious. I was talking to a buddy of mine over the weekend too. We were we were talking about this exact topic of like what what is wrong with him? I mean, it's not like yes, he's he's 32, but like I, he was a great player in New York. I, I feel like he just hit a cliff off here, or or was he just was he just snake bitten and was he just playing frustrated? Right. And I feel like if he has someone like Fiala on his wing, and I know he hasn't been playing with him in his lines, but some to me just on paper, um, me playing X's and O's NHL here, I I think. Matt Zuccarello having a Fiala and possibly a Kaprizov down the line on his other side of the wing, that's going to be insane, dude. Like, Zuccarello can set them up. He has a little bit more scoring touches here, but he, he's a playmaker. What, Zach Zuccarello is a playmaker. That's right. what his primary objective is. Yes. And if he has someone like Fiala or Kaprizov oh, who's dynamic on his other side, I love what you're doing he, he will be talk great. Keep but, to me. but I'm, I'm curious to All see right. how he will play in the playoff series, too. Here are the, are the four key lines that the Wild rolled. In Saturday's right, scrimmage, okay? Yep, I'm ready, I'm ready. Because from okay. off of what you said, I think that we can work with your points. All right, let's go. Okay. What do you got? I'll go through the four lines, and then let's work through what we think. Okay, starting at the top. Number one line. Yep. Stall at center, Greenway on the left, Fiala on the right, okay? Second line, Erickson Eck at center, Parisi on his left, Cunning on his right. I like that one. Third line... Galchenyuk at center, mm-hmm. Felino on his left, Zuccarello on his right. Fourth line, Koivu at center, Ryan Donato on the left, Ryan Hartman, Hartman on the right. Okay. 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 Off of, I'll start off of your point. I think if we're trying to talk about jump starting Zuccarello as much as possible and setting him up to, to succeed, he plays right wing a lot, but he's a left handed shot, correct? That sounds correct. Okay. What would you think about introducing him? And I realize it becomes a skill line then, not a grind line, or there's not a grinder. What would you think about trying to get him up at least for a look-see with Stahl and Fiala and have him play on the left? Because I don't know that Greenway is good enough to justify that position, despite the fact I see what Everson's trying to do. Oh, yeah. Talk to me. Well... I think the idea of Zuccarello, Stahl, Fiala is it probably creates your best dynamic line. Facilitator for Fiala then mm-hmm. is Zuccarello as well. And Stahl, if if though by de facto, unfortunately, is your number one center and and hopefully still has his legs on him. I think that on paper is probably a number one line. You know, you could make the case Parisi, Stahl, Fiala would probably be the number one line. But I think it just complementary. I know Parisi will complement Eck and Cunning because all three of all those three dudes are going to be working and are probably going to be your quote unquote checking line going up against Vancouver's top line. So the only thing that worries me is is then then you're you're spreading yourself a little thin on the bottom six like Felino Galchenyuk Greenway I, that that could be a disaster in yeah, my opinion. Yeah, and who, who plays who plays if you do that right wing? Right, and you know I'm 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 still trying to see if Galchenyuk has something a little bit there, so I understand. Galchenyuk and Zuccarello playing together, but Galchenyuk's not really responsible now, now, defensively. If Donato did, if Donato was responsible defensively a little bit and did his job consistently, yeah, I think you could put him on the third line. 
Like he should be, he should be skill set yes. wise a third line guy. Yes, his offense. He's not a fourth line guy skill set wise. I agree with you there. I he plays like a fourth line guy too often, yep. which I think is the wild is their frustration. But I, that that's the beautiful thing here, and 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 at the same time, the frustrating part of not having Kaprizov in this series because if Kaprizov is here, then I I think you have three very very sound lines, really sound lines. You're still missing a dynamic center. That's that's obviously true, but. If if Kaprizov could play with Zuccarello and and install with Fiala or mix and match it however you want there, then I think it changes the complete complexion. But I, I think Zuccarello playing with Galchenyuk and Felino, I just as much as I want to see him emerge, it will be tough for him to emerge at least offensively, scoring goals or creating goals. I think playing with two guys like that, I I would like to be wrong, but I I I think that's more of a likely scenario than the latter. You're probably right. Yeah, I just think that. The the uh, Galchenyuk, Felino, Zuccarello line is probably not Zuccarello. It's not the way to get him out of the funk that he seems to be in. I agree. Um, but if De, but if Donato did his job consistently, uh, I think the answer becomes far simpler. All right. Uh, the final question that I've got for you, and it's a doozy. Give it a lot of thought. Don't say Koivu, by the way. I'm not. Nope. I'm not. It's too easy. Yep. Player most likely to be appearing in their last series in a wild uniform. It's very easy, Judd, for me. This is very simple because I think he's actually poised to have a very big series slowing down the fast power Vancouver, uh, fast-moving Vancouver Canucks, and I think he's going to be responsible for a lot of good things, and he's going to up his trade value, and that's Jordan Greenway. Jordan Green will be playing his last series Whoa! with the Minnesota Wild. I'm going hot takey here. You want to get rid of him too, though. I do. It's a little bit of a bias. He frustrates you. He frustrates me to all hell. But I, I do think he's going to. And play you have a Charlie very... Coyle syndrome too. Keep I that do. in mind. You I do. are. I suffer a... from it. What, what's the PS a PTSD, PTSD. So of C- Charlie Coyle? PTSD. Yeah, yeah. I, have I mean, Charlie I know Coyle where you're syndrome. coming from. I, I would love for this guy to show up and have a big time series. And, and like I said, he's, he's a big dude. And Vancouver is smaller and faster, so he's he's gonna him and Felino are gonna have their hands full trying to slow those guys down. Okay, but I think if he ups his game, he shows he has a strong series. If the Wild win a series and they move on, and he's still he's still playing very well, I think he's going to be your most attractive player that you can dangle in a trade to help you get young player the comp the complementary piece. He's not going to be the centerpiece that'll get you the lack of a better word, the number one center you're looking for. Okay. But he's the he's the complimentary piece. You have to spend to give, give to spend. And I think Greenway is going to be someone who is going to have a nice series. What's the but trade gonna, as, as far as from here then? Uh, Greenway and like Brodeen? Uh, uh, possibly, or a, or one of our first round picks and Brodeen. Uh, uh, and Greenway, excuse me. You know, yeah. I think he's the complimentary piece. He's, he's not the he's not the center, but he's the he's going to be someone that get, gets you over the trade. I am not for trading him. I know you're not. Just to be clear, I am not. I, I know you're Big not. Big guys like that are hard to find, and they are, by their nature, maddening. Um, until I see another year of Greenway, look, I think he's poised to assert himself, and I don't know if he will or not. But again, you know what? This playoff um, or qualifying round slash potential playoff games is going to help Bill Guerin make decisions on exactly what you're talking about. All right, mine... Again, it's not Koivu because that's just too boring. Mine, Devin Dubnik. Oh, wow. Last season wow. of his contract at $2.5 million, Okay. Somebody will take him. Like, the contract's pretty good. It's going to expire. Strikes me as he might need a fresh start. Saturday, he looked he looked doobie again. I mean, it's just... And, I can and see that. I know that, that the stuff with his wife uh, during the course of the previous 
season was unfortunate and very tough. And look, trying to play goaltender with your wife sick has to be hell. It has to be, you know, it has to be incredible because it's all about what? Concentration. There is no way that if your spouse is sick, you're, you're locked in. I get all that. But again, on Saturday, he just sort of looked doobie-like. Stalock looked good in, in the uh, second period of the scrimmage. Stalock looked fantastic. I think we might have, okay, hot take, hot hot prediction. Oh, here we go. Hot prediction. Yep. I'm pretty convinced Stalock is going to start game one August 2nd against the Canucks. I'm not going to be completely shocked if Capo's the backup. I'm not going to be shocked if they decide Kakanen's the backup to Stalock. Mm. Um, and I, I know that I've been on this show for quite some time espousing that I think that Kapo Kakanen should get to start the series and prove what he can or can't do. I don't think they're going to do that. I think they are going to start uh, Stalock. Stalock was playing well at the time of the stoppage in play, and Stalock uh, continued to look good on Saturday, and I think Stalock's earned probably the right in their mind to start. Um, but Doobie just looked like Doobie. Played two periods, didn't look great, didn't look awful. The, the first goal allowed, I think he gave up to, I think it was Luke Johnson. It was a shot from just inside the blue line. A long shot, probably screened a little bit, but it's still got to be a stop. It's got to be a stop. Um, I think he's going to probably be traded. Okay. And, well. and again, last year of a contract at $2.5 million is not ridiculous, right? Somebody would take that contract. Um, so I think that he is, I think his time has expired. I bet you that they'll start or, or here, I should say, just to be kind. Um, I think they'll start the 2021 campaign with Staylock in goal, Kakanen behind him. And I think we're going to see probably in their world, a gradual increase of Kapo Kakanen's play. Yeah. And, and I do think that Kapo Kakanen at some point in time in the grand scheme of things, the hope of Garen and Everson is that Kapo Kakanen at some point is the top goaltender next season. Uh, but yeah, I think that Devin Dubnik's time with the Wild is going to come to an end after this either qualifying round or playoffs. According to Cat uh, Friendly, he has a modified no trade clause and lists 19 teams he can be traded to. Yeah, nice. Just can I don't you get the feeling it's just about done here? And look, this is after he saved their bacon a couple times. So I just think it's time. Yeah, I I, I can. It'll be tricky, but I can see I could see them moving on. I would not be too shocked by that. Speaking of that, if we've got time, I've got one more talker for you that I want to flow past you that came to me on Saturday. Yep. And yes, it involves who should be the next captain. But here's my sort of dilemma, okay? Okay, Yeah. And I can't believe I'm saying this, but I'm watching the scrimmage, and I kept thinking this to myself because he's not bad doing what they're asking him to do. Miko Koivu, what do you do with Koivu in this sense? I think he's got another year left where he could be a fourth-line center. Centers are hard to find. Um, Guys that are willing to accept a fourth-line defensive responsibility role are very important. He can win some face-offs. I I don't don't think he's as great as he was before they changed some of those rules, but he can win some face-offs. Anyway, that was the the angel on my left shoulder. Mm -hmm. On my right right shoulder at uh, Tria Rink that day was the devil saying... But if you bring him back, can you take the captaincy away and oh, give it to somebody else? I don't think yeah. so. Does it change? The Wild needs to, and they're evolving here. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Because I do believe that this group of kids now is maturing into guys that are taking control of that room. But the Wild needs the evolution probably even more off the ice than on the ice, which calls for Koivu not to be retained based on that. 
a little bit torn here. I would still personally pick door two, Declan. Okay. But you know what Koivu brings on the ice, if he was willing to accept a very different role both in the room and and he, he clearly adjusted to it on the ice, he brings something there. So I'm not trying to sell the guy short. What would you do? I would not bring him back. It, it, I agree with you. I, but. I, I, I would, if I'm running the team, I would not bring him back. Um, I, I, Garen, I think is pretty. He's run, received pretty mum on it, and I know he said, "Look, he's our captain," and he has a little bit of 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 some of some lip speak there. But I just, I, I'm ready to move on. I am very much ready to move on and move on to the next era and the next. And we're, we're, yeah, we're evolving. The Wild are evolving, and you're slowing down that evolving, evol, you know, evolving process by keeping Miko here. Does Miko still have another year left in him? I think he does. I, I honestly in that role, think he does. In that role, yes, yes, I agree with you completely. That's where the dilemma lies a little bit. So, I'm with you though. I can't. I can't do it. Though. I need the progress off the ice to really make it clear that the tone of this whole thing is changing, which, which I think Garrett and company are doing a good job of. But if you bring Miko back, I think that sort of gums that up a little bit. Look, if the wild were a very successful team and they were making consistent runs of the Western conference finals and our Stanley cup of the last few years and Miko's game was like this, you know, like if he was still the fourth line center, but your team was still very good. I would say, you know what? Bring them back, whatever, bring them back. The other team, everything else is set in place. I'm okay with it. But for me, man, it's just it's time to rip the Band-Aid off. He's going to get his jersey retired, Judd, as much as I know you don't want that to happen either. Ring of, he's a Ring of Honor guy. Yeah, I know. Ring of Honor. So Put yeah. it in place. Put rip, the fans in there, too. Rip, Get me the number one down. Rip the Band-Aid off, and for the lack of a better word, rip the C off. Who's your captain? For 2020-21. For, for me, I think this is he's second most likely, so he's not the guarantee. But I, if I were running the Wild, Marcus Foligno. I want Foligno to be the captain of this team. Jared Spurgeon's probably the most likely candidate, and I understand that um, he has a lot of quiet demeanor in him. But maybe this is just me overvaluing things. But like, I don't want quiet demeanor. I want a guy who is loud and a guy who doesn't take BS from people. And Jared Spurgeon, although probably the most underappreciated player in the NHL, doesn't really strike me as that kind of guy. He just he's just very quiet behind the scenes, and maybe he's a different cat in the locker room. We don't know. But I, I want someone like Felino being the captain of my team. That's what I want. I want Marcus Felino as the captain. You said it perfectly. Exactly right. If if you had had, a, if Koivu was a demonstrative guy before and, and was loud and you thought to yourself, you know, this team could use a bit of a scale back there. Spurgeon would be my choice. Yeah. But, but what you just said is a thousand percent right. I want a guy, you know what? Okay. I'll take it down to to the micro. Think Think about this. In the old days, when we were allowed in the room after games, right? Back in the day. After yeah. a loss, okay? Jared Spurgeon would come out and talk. And he was, to your point, very quiet, understated, never really, never wanted to criticize or call out or maybe say something that might be seen as an insult by a teammate or anybody else. Okay. And I appreciate that. That's him. That's his personality. Don't go changing Jared. But think about Marcus Foligno. He would stand there and he would unequivocally tell you what was what. And that's what this team needs. Yes. That's what this team has to have. Mark, if I'm Garen, I say to myself, Jared Spurgeon is respected. Jared Spurgeon is a great little player. Jared Spurgeon should wear a letter, an A. That's fine as well. But everything that you said and laid out regarding Marcus Foligno is spot on. And that's 
That's what this team needs. And what I want to see is if Marcus Flano doesn't like what, I don't care who it is, uh, Yulek Sinek, Zach Parisi, Ryan Suter, Matthew Dumba, if he doesn't like what they're doing, he's going to go tell them that in no uncertain terms. And he might even tell you that in the media in no uncertain terms. And I appreciate that. I think Billy Guerin's going to look at Foligno as the type of guy that this team absolutely needs because here's the other thing that Foligno brings. If you are going to sever ties with Koivu Dex, Marcus Foligno brings an absolute down-the-middle, you take an axe to, that was the old wild, this is the new. Right, right. I'm with you. Spurge is, and I wouldn't be upset if Spurge is named captain. It's not like I would be disappointed by that that decision. I just, I I want this team to have, I don't like, I'm sick of passive. I'm sick of passive. You should be. I love that Fiala was like, yeah, I'm playing great right now. I love that he had the stones to say that when he was playing so well after games. Absolutely. I want that demeanor in my locker room. I want Kaprizov to have a similar demeanor. I don't know what it will be like, but I I want a change of, of youth there. And I'm I just I'm sick of the old guard. The and guard. it's what the it, it's what that secondary or, or that first new group didn't do. And look, you know Charlie Coyle always was oh shucks nice guy, and they're all nice people. But Granlund, like you never really saw cockiness. And look, the Wild in the 2010 decade, you know, were mostly a pretty successful team. You went to the playoffs six times. I know you only got out of the first round two times, but you were mostly successful there. I think. We got so stale. There's a lot of Minnesota sports fans, maybe not diehard Wild fans, but Minnesota sports fans that just got so tuned out by the Wild two years ago that they just were, they, they wrote them off as like, man, that team was disappointing. But they really weren't. They were a pretty successful organization, and they were one of a few teams who made a, a consistent playoff run like that. You know what? We also got complacent with just accepting first-round playoff wins. I want to now get to a point where we're now talking about Western Conference Finals runs and players that have swagger and goal scoring and natural touch to their game. That's what I want to see. Boomer bust, dude. At this point, boomer bust. Not seven, six seeds. Boomer bust. Give me those guys. I want the loud guys in my locker room. We get, we get a, a exhibition game next week against the Avs, baby. Whoa, I can't wait. We get some hockey. Oh, I can't wait. Wow. We're, we're done, so say your thing. Pass should score. Your dog is more than just your bestie with the cutest face ever. Get to know them on a genetic level with Embark Vet. Developed by veterinarians and PhDs, Embark screens for more than 215 genetic health risks across more than 350 breeds. It's top-notch science for your top-notch pup. Go to EmbarkVet.com and use promo code DNA. That's DNA to get $60 off an Embark Breed and Health Kit or Purebred Kit with free shipping. That's promo code DNA to save today.